Welcome in. It is another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition, and we are getting ready to start the weekend of hoops. I'm AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner, who joins me twice a week, every week. Griffin, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm really happy for this second uh, rendezvous of the week. And uh, I'm also kind of curious what our schedule is going to be like. Might as well tell the people, considering we have a lot of early games on Monday next week. I guess it doesn't matter if we do our Sunday night release. Yeah, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to put it out Sunday night, and people are going to have to jump on, wake up early, and, and get in on the action because uh, games will be starting early on Monday. All right, we are going to use our normal format, go over the four biggest games of the weekend or four of the biggest, which I've tried not to talk. I'm, I've tried not to talk about the same teams over and over again, uh, although I we do kind of fall into that, especially with Big 12 teams. It seems like there's always interesting Big 12 matchups. Uh, that's what happens when you're the best conference, I guess. Yep. So uh, we only have one on the board this week, though, so I think that's an improvement, and boy, is it a doozy. We'll start there with Iowa State at Kansas. The number on this, like when I, I mean, again, I don't know what the number will be exactly. My projected number is uh, eye-opening for a team that's playing really good ball right now. Iowa State catching eight points. At Kansas, what do you think of that? Um, I figured it was going to be big because um, KU has such a great home court advantage, though for a couple of years, they were basically way underpriced, and I couldn't really explain that. Um, absolutely incredible. They won the national championship last year with like the 20th best team, I think, in the country. But uh, that's, I guess, doesn't matter for today or this one. Um, but looking at Iowa State going to TCU, my best bet last weekend is a five and a half point dog against a TCU team that I'm not really in love with. They've had some really good results this year, but I figured it would be above the normal, like, let's see what happens in fouling range. Um, but like you could almost get Iowa State up to uh, to cover all fouling because plus nine is to me a key number like you'd see a plus seven in in football. Um but I do have a little bit of a concern about Iowa State and that big number being accurate because they're a really good defensive team that uh, does foul a lot. And uh, I feel like no one gets any sort of whistles within the fog besides KU. Uh, and I feel like I've seen this movie before. Iowa State has certainly played really tough here. Um, but I feel like this might be a situation where if you're going to back Iowa State, you got to really think they have a chance to win. You know, I, I kind of think they do have a chance to win. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it's a small chance, and that's why they're an eight-point dog. But they they went to Oklahoma and won. They went to TCU and won, like you said, a, a game that you you probably see as a, a closer matchup than this, and that certainly makes sense. But it, this Iowa State team, really since conference play has started, has done nothing but exceed expectations. You mentioned your best bet last weekend was on Iowa State. Mine, th- this last episode, or our last episode, was on Iowa State. And not only, like, I was I was texting you, and I was like, oh, I got a bad number with Iowa State, because it, it opened it at five and a half. Uh, I bet it at six and a half, and then it was back down to five and a half. And I was like, what what's happening here? Well, it didn't matter, because th- they won by 30-something points. Like they just they blew the doors off Texas Tech. Like Iowa State has really figured something out here. And when you look at the like the teams that have beat them so far, it's it, well. First, you start with with Connecticut, who 
is in the conversation, one of the five or 10 best teams in the country. Uh, and, and Iowa, when Iowa was like a house of fire, that's a big rivalry matchup. Like they, there's not a bad loss there. Certainly. I don't know that Kansas is going to just blow this team out, especially the way they've been playing defense and conference play. I can't look at, I, I look at this Iowa state team. I see an eight next to it. I'm like, I, I have to take that. I, I, there's no way I can be on the, the Kansas side of this thing. I, I would agree that. I'm not interested in laying that type of number with KU. I don't think it's a, like a slam dunk to bet Iowa State. Anytime you go to the fog, things can get really weird. The floor shakes. The referees seem to shake in one direction. It's always the <laughs> blue one. Um, and so that is a concern for me. Um, but I got to say, I love the Iowa State defense. I feel like Ken Palm numbers, usually in my opinion, overrate defense. But there are some defenses that you just really can't. Um, I guess you can't overrate. Like I think Texas A&M is one of those this year that seems to be um, far outplaying their like metrics, the normal ones I look to to when I'm handicapping a, a basketball game. But Iowa State's another one. They're really physical, and I feel like that could be a problem on the road. But that certainly doesn't make KU win by double digits. All right, let's go out west for our next game. Arizona minus four at Oregon. This is a Saturday game. And keep in mind, Oregon and Arizona both play tonight. But like we have, but while we're recording, they, these games haven't even started yet. Um, so Arizona, we're projecting at minus four, but a lot could happen between now and then, certainly. So uh, we'll use that number just as a guide, as always. This is maybe one of the times where you'll be able to to buy Arizona cheap. It feels uh, coming off the barely win at home against Washington and then they lose against Washington state at home. Like that was certainly an unexpected result. And I don't know that I think, I don't think anything's wrong with them necessarily. I I think that you're, you know, when you're a quality team, you're going to have losses like that. You're going to have close games. Not everything can be a blowout every week, but this feels like, there may be a, this may be the the only time this season where there's some sort of doubt about Arizona, and I, I feel like we're getting a cheap price here uh, against Oregon, especially given that there's only one day off between the you know between these games. So it's not like they've got to do extra travel the way the Pac-12 sets up their travel. Arizona is going to do both Oregon games in in one road trip, one Thursday night and one Saturday. Feels like a a, a pretty decent setup here for the Wildcats. What do you think? So that's usually a really tough uh, Pac-12 schedule in the mountains. I don't necessarily, like when they go to Utah and Colorado, yeah. I don't necessarily think that like Corvallis and Eugene are that far. Uh, forgive my uh, Oregon geography is not perfect, but um, I don't know really how to, I just, it's hard for me to explain how Arizona, who I think is one of the best teams in the country, can lose and almost lose two games. I I know we were talking about both of the Washington games, or at least the Washington game, on I think on on Thursday night. Um, And you were saying how they were struggling and and really didn't, it didn't even look like you were sure they were going to win against a really poor Washington team. And then following that up with another bad effort, you'd think that they might have come out with a, a lot more intensity, a lot more fire. Um, but to me, it seems like when Arizona can't shoot threes, they are, that's when they struggle. Um, four for 25 against Washington state and that loss, uh, their other loss to Utah four for 28, one was on the road. The home loss is even more confounding, but, 
Um, I feel like that might be what we then think about with Arizona. Um, the, four is really short, in my humble opinion. Um, but I will admit that Oregon's been getting some numbers that don't make any sense to me. Um, I feel like their whole PK-80 tournament that they played in, if I'm remembering it correctly, or, or maybe, yeah, I think that's what it was, uh, or 80, whatever the Phil Knight Invitational was. Yeah. Those are some bizarre lines, like starting with Connecticut, then also like Michigan State, we're down a player. Like, there's a lot of questions for me about this Oregon team. But Dana Altman's teams usually get a lot better second half of the year. I don't think that he's really had the same transfer success he had in the past. Um, but they're going to zone Arizona, I expect, a ton. Uh, easy to say that back to back. But I just feel like Arizona is so good on the interior that if you can zone them, you can then force them to shoot threes on the road on a quick turnaround. And maybe that does make Arizona as that short number a little bit more realistic. I don't think like a Ken Palm analytics team is really throwing that together necessarily. But um, yeah, I don't know. Part of me feels like, yes, Arizona looks cheap, but maybe this isn't the spot to back them. Well, and if, by the way, Ken Palm makes it three. So I'm even like adding, I'm, I'm projecting higher than Ken Palm does. And we all know that's where these bookmakers start their lines at with Ken Palm. So I'm, I'm projecting three I, I, or I'm projecting four. Ken Palm says three. So I, I'm not sure where the number's coming from either. Um, I went like when I started the research on it, I was thinking it was going to be around five, maybe five and a half. Uh, so four does feel cheap. And you're pro- like, when you texted me, when I gave you the game, you said probably Arizona eight. So there's, I guess this is a, this boils down to what the number will be. And if, if there's a favorable number, I may look to jump in on Arizona here who I, again, I think we're, we're buying it a dip. All right, let's go to what I think is the game of the week. Uh, Marquette at Xavier and both these teams coming off massive wins against other top tier big East teams, UConn and Creighton. And Shaka continues to dominate as a dog. In his career, he is now 60% against the spread as a dog. Just added another one with an outright win over the Huskies. And Griffin, I feel like you're you're going to be as surprised as I am by this, but Marquette's offense is elite. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird about a Shaka smart team, but it, it's just the truth. This is an elite offense. And you add that to a defense that isn't super efficient because they don't have like a rim protector, but they cause a ton of turnovers. They steal the ball a lot. And then this X team is super experienced, but like if you pick a bugaboo about them, it's their ball handling. They rank outside the top 300 in steal percentage allowed. Marquette ranks 17th at taking it away. When you factor in that, this is going to be an extremely high possession game. That's just more opportunities for Marquette to to create extra possessions off, off Xavier turnovers. I think this X team is for real. They've won 10 straight. Like there's no, it's not an accident and quality wins, but give me Shaka's guys catching maybe even over a possession in a game that again, like you said earlier, I think they can win outright. The, um, the game that was this, uh, the Xavier Creighton game, I swear that line was so short. And I was like, yeah, Kalkbrenner's back. But like, yeah, there are a lot of preseason expectations for Creighton. Um, I got to say, I watched that uh, that game today um, on a, like a little bit delayed, but I did watch it. And I feel like Creighton were 
like just as good, if not better than Xavier in that game. They didn't have some problems like of their own. And I, I mean, I don't even know if there were any missed shots in that game, which is really not a great sign. And I don't know how Sean Miller teams do that, but um, I kind of, kind of come out of there walking away that Xavier has a lot more flaws. Like Sule boom has been awesome for him, but I'm not sure that he can keep carrying the load in that backcourt. Uh, you mentioned the turnovers. Um, Adam Kunkel, I feel like is, I mean, he's showing that why he went to, to Belmont initially, he's a three point shooter and really nothing else. Uh, he gets exposed and picked on defensively. All he can do is turn the ball over. Like there was one fast break where uh, Boom stupidly passes to Adam Kunkel and he just like threw it right to the other team and then then went Creighton down the other, other way. And it looked like a time when Xavier could have pulled away. Um, and I just, I feel like Xavier is at a point now where I, I kind of want to sell them. I don't know necessarily that this is the game. I do uh, fear the Cintas center crowd. I don't know that it was that crazy for Creighton really won them the game, but I do think it's a, a huge boon to Xavier. Um, and I got to say, I mean, I'm still so surprised. I've been riding Marquette a fair amount this year. Uh, I still don't know where this Shaka Smart came from because he's still not really playing the same havoc that got him the Texas job. And uh, as an alum, sorry that I got to bring it there, but uh, it's not the same system for VCU, but they do a lot of things like they cause turnovers. They do cause some sort of havoc. I don't know if that's the right word to use. It's something lesser than that now. But uh, for a team that's not sure with the basketball, I feel like it's really hard, even on what should be a pretty small number. I feel like if, if Creighton closed uh, as a three-point dog or two and a half or maybe two and a half, they two. closed because I was waiting to get a three and I never got like it, like it opened three. I missed it. I was waiting for it to come back and it never did. So uh, yeah, Creighton was two and a half. And I think I think Marquette's better than Creighton. Uh, I think so too. And I think their, I mean, their track record certainly is much better because they didn't have a six game losing streak in the middle of the season or whatever. So um, yeah, I don't know that Marquette will make my card because I think there's enough fear for me about Xavier at home and their ability to score. And maybe Marquette finally has an off night, but I mean, sheesh on a neutral. I do think I, I prefer Marquette. All right, let's go to the big 10 for our last game. And this game got even more interesting based on today's results, Thursday's results, as we're going to look at Ohio State at Rutgers. I'm going to go with Rutgers minus four. Uh, my original projection was three. So now that you get outside of a possession, maybe you feel there's value on this, but I'm doing that because Ohio State lost today at home as 15-point favorites to Minnesota. This is an Ohio State team that's really – struggling right now and Ken Palm still has them as the best offense in the country I don't know how you can score 67 points against Minnesota and feel like that's the best offense in the country uh and now they are making a pretty tough road trip to Rutgers and Ohio State won the first game in this series by one point in Columbus and that was a pretty memorable game because Rutgers was up three with six seconds to go they fouled the Buckeyes went two of two Buckeyes foul Rutgers. Caleb McConnell misses the back end, and Tanner Holden hit a three at the buzzer to win. So I'm sure Rutgers has a bad taste in their mouth, but it's not just the Minnesota game. Like Ohio State's been baffling kind of since that win. They like they lost to UNC on a neutral. And I don't I don't know about you. I don't think UNC is very good. Uh they lost at home to Purdue, like in the middle of this weird midseason tailspin that Purdue was in, where they suddenly are struggling. They lost to Purdue. Uh, they they lost at Maryland. And then again, like I said, they, they get beat at home by Minnesota. 
this seems like a bad time to be stumbling into the rack, but Rutgers has been weird too. They nearly lost at Northwestern. They they got punked out at home by Iowa, uh, another team that's been in sort of a weird midseason swoon uh, in a game where they just got kind of handled on the glass. They couldn't shoot. So of the two, I feel like Ohio State's problems are more real right now, but this has to be a game played in the 60s for Ohio State or, for, or excuse me, for Rutgers to hang, I, I think it will be, given what I've seen of Ohio State's offense lately. Um, I, I lean to Rutgers, but I'm probably going to stay away from these two teams that both look like they've got some real flaws right now. I'm very disappointed that Ohio State lost tonight because I uh, was very excited for a Rutgers play potentially in this one. Um, I think Rutgers, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of as simple as ignore what they do on the road or potentially go against them, uh, and back them at home because they play so well at the rack. Now the Jersey Mike or whatever it's called now, um, and the Jersey turnpike, whatever you call it. And they're honestly like, it's sometimes hard to explain, but they are so good defensively that if they can actually couple that with playing well, offensively. Um, then that makes them such a dominant home team. They don't really have that offense, I think, that travels. But um, defense usually does, and I think that does, I think, put out a good sign. There's also some controversy about the ending and, and like whether the bucket should have counted, I think, for Ohio State. Um, yeah. I didn't see exactly what that was uh, way back when. But I do think that Rutgers are, or Rutgers is a, a really strong defense at home. They're going to play really well there. And Ohio State, it just happens every year for Chris Holtman. I feel like they win and peak in December. And I don't know if, like, the players hate him because I don't think there's, like, we'd see mass exoduses or exodi if uh, if that was the case. But something about Chris Holtman teams that just don't seem to really do well after the new year. And I would love to be kind of feasting on going against them. I don't know Rutgers minus five if that is um small enough for minus four i think i had sent you three hoping that it would come a little bit lower than i thought it should be i think it was going to be three until this result and i like you said i I think that this probably this probably adjusts it and again you're losing some value on rutgers because they lost yeah that sucks i'm sad uh dang it minnesota (laughs) why'd you have to do that to me but um i mean it honestly one of those i really don't like laying more than three points because i feel like that leaves you to a lot of shaky things certainly as a home favorite that late free throws as a favorite should benefit you um that's honestly one where i might even consider laying a Rutgers money line just because i believe so much in that home court and i really want to be against ohio state all right let's get to best bets but first uh we have a promo code for everybody play 20 get 20 percent off for all listeners this college basketball podcast good for seven days from the podcast release. So this is releasing on Friday. Don't wait till the 20th. Come on. You want to get stuff for this weekend. AJ, I'm sure we'll have a, an onslaught of plays coming in as will I uh, soccer season's really coming back, kicking in. We got the NFL playoffs this weekend. Steve Fezzik, I'm sure is all over everything. Plus a UFC, huge... UFC back this weekend too. There we go. Uh, fight Island in Saudi Arabia. I'm sure. No, no, back. we've got fight Island here in Vegas. Now they've got their oh, own little thing. Oh, yes. The Island of Vegas. Well, good. Uh, look for UFC plays from the well-established, esteemed, affable, even AJ Hoffman. And, uh, you know, get on there, use the promo code play 20, get 20% off. Um, I lost my best bet, my first loss in my last six best bets. So I'm gonna let AJ keep the T box. Cause I think, uh, we want to, we want the good juju flying out of here. 
Yeah, we go one and one. Uh, so I guess the good thing is we 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 haven't had an zero and two in I think since like the second episode this season. So it's been a, a good not run today, not today. I don't think it's. I'll be honest. I'm excited for today because your best bet was like one of the last three that I had that I was looking at. Uh, you're probably going to hate mine because <laughs> I'm looking at uh, about a nine point home favorite with a bad team. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington minus nine hosting Cal. And I think we're getting to buy low on Washington that I don't think is bad as their record says they are like they've, they've lost six of eight, which that's terrible. But here are the losses. It's at Gonzaga, uh, Auburn, USC, UCLA at Arizona, barely, as we mentioned, and at Arizona State. They beat Colorado by double digits. They they have a win over St. Mary's on their resume. And suddenly, I mean, Cal got wins over Colorado and Stanford at home and jumped from 248 to 203 in Ken Palm on those wins. I, I don't I don't get it. That's two, you know, subpar wins at home and you're jumping them 45 spots. I think that the the zone is going to be particularly problematic for a Cal team. That's very limited offensively. Uh, they lost both last year's matchups by about 15 points per game. And that was a better Cal team and a weaker UW team. So I like uh, the home Huskies here who I think will have a nice home, uh, a nice crowd at the home court for this one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I backed Washington in that Auburn game. Um, I think their offense was my biggest concern. But the nice part is with those wins, I feel like it makes it a little bit easier for, or excuse me, a little bit harder for Washington to overlook California. Because I think they see that as a game they can win, game they want to win. I feel like despite a not great start to the season or, or conference season, Washington's student section has still been pretty active. Um, and as we get further and further away from the holidays, we get more students in town, sick of their parents, sick of the break, wanted a party, I'm sure, do all those sort of things. So that can only help the uh, what, what I think is essentially you looking for a blowout. And I think Cal on the road is uh, maybe the, the most likely of power five teams to suffer that type of loss. Uh, for my best bet, I'm going to go with the Clemson Tigers. Uh, they are hosting Duke. Um, you might have heard of Duke and uh, you might also have heard on this podcast. So we're not really huge fans of Duke. <laughs> um, and, and I got to say, I don't think anyone had Clemson starting six and Um, I'm pretty happy they got to go into the Duke game with a pretty easy win against Louisville. Um, but I got to say, I've been riding Clemson a fair amount this year. Uh, AJ, Swami AJ is projecting pick them. Um, I'm thinking that Clemson might be a dog here, but we'll, we'll say pick them. Um, most games, I think if I'm looking to back somebody, I'm looking to back them up to minus three as a home favorite. So that's my range. I'm hoping you can get Clemson as a dog. That's what I'll be looking for. Um, but essentially, I think Clemson, they're they're getting healthier. PJ Hall's been playing through a back injury for a while, but he's looking a little bit more uh, healthy than he had been earlier. And Hunter Tyson, I think, is the ACC player of the year right now. Um, they're a great three-point shooting team. They're at home. The crowd didn't really spend all their money on football's travel this year because the team <laughs> didn't so well. So I think that the Clemson basketball team, Brad Brownell, he's going to be really tough. I prefer him to John Shire as a coach. There's just a lot of things pointing in the Clemson direction. Clemson certainly over the, the history of their basketball program have not had great success against the best teams in the ACC like Duke or Carolina. But I think that this is a game that Clemson will win more than they lose. And I feel like as a pick at home, that's enough for me. Yeah, I'm with you. And I I, uh, 
I foolishly last, I guess it was last night. Yeah. I ended up playing the under on the Pitt Duke game instead of taking nine points with Pitt because my thought was, where's Duke's offense going to come from without Roach on the floor? And I mean, they didn't cover the spread. Somehow it did go over, though, I think because the game ended up being a little bit close at the end. And uh, there were some late free throws for the Dukies. But yeah, I've been looking to jump in against Duke and re- like Duke, a lot of blue bloods, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina. I've been kind of punching at all season long with a lot of success. Uh, and I think this is another opportunity to do just that. So uh, full endorsement for me is, like I said, this was on my my final three as I was coming to a best bet for this pod. So I, I love Griffin's pick as well. All right, that will do it for another episode. Like uh, Griffin said, we will be back on Sunday, Sunday night release. Uh, I, if you're going to be betting hoops on Monday, you might want to wake up early because uh, the hoops are going to start early. And if you want to get, you know, take some of this in, uh, that would be the time to do it. Griffin, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, good sir. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Good luck this weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Set an alarm. Bye.